0: Meet me later, hey everyone. This is your girl Shirley K, the host of When Women Speak. We have another fire guest. I know you hear me say it all the time that we have another fire guest, but when women speak podcasts and, and web series, that's all we have a fire guest. So, today on this episode, we have Shanika Brown. Janika Brown is a native of Miami, Florida and a graduate of Union Institute and University. She has multiple degrees in education. She's the mother of two teenage boys and she's a reading coach at Miami-Dade County Public Schools. She's an entrepreneur and she was recently awarded the Francisco R. Walker 2022 Teacher of the Year for her school. Ms. Brown is the author of two books, two children's books, Dear Little Brown Girl, My Travels Around the World, and Dear Little Brown Boy, My Time Travel Adventures. In addition, Ms. Brown is the CEO of Books of Knowledge, where she writes children's books and assists others to become authors. She's also the manager of The Promise Academy, where she tutors students in grades K through 12 in reading, English, and writing. Moreover, Shanika Brown books were endorsed and are purchased by multiple NFL Hall of Fame players around the world and many more. Miss Brown has been featured on Magic Johnson's television network, Aspire TV, NBC, Miami Magazine, um, and in an additional magazines, iHeart Radio, and much more. They have given her rave reviews about her book. Shanika, welcome to the When Women Speak podcast and wealth series. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just so elated to be here. We're going to get right into this. Listen, we were having conversations before we started recording. I'm sorry that we're probably not going to say the same things the exact same way because the conversation itself prior to the show was Oh, man, it was fire talking about when women speak. So I said, let's stop this right here so we can get right into this. Shanika, I'm going to ask you, um, the show is called When Women Speak. What does it mean when you hear the statement, though, find her voice? Oh, man. So for me, that means so many different things. But one in particular for meaning to find your voice is to find your purpose and um, so, for me, finding my purpose came through my 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 two teenage boys, um, and so I found my purpose, which is education, which is teaching um, and tutoring, um, through um, their obstacles, through their trials, and what we went, what I went through um, with getting them to academic success. And so, finding your voice, like I said, is finding your passion and your purpose in life. And when you find that, it's going to lead you to make a greater impact on society. And so, um, like I was saying, that I found my voice through my own two children. Um, they, when they were younger, um, they were uh, they were in sped and they were, you know, diagnosed with different learning disabilities and so forth. Shanika, what is sped for some of our listeners who don't know that? What is sped? Uh, well, basically, what it is is a special education program. Um, for students with disabilities. Um, so, you know, that's our acronym. We call it SPED um, or Exceptional Student Education. Um, mm-hmm. So, they were um, in those courses when they were little because I recognized when they were little that, it, you know, it was something wrong. And so mm-hmm. I decided um, to enroll them in a program that would assist them. And at the time, I was not an educator, I was not a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so, with that being said, um, their, their disabilities motivated me um, to find my boys and to go back to school. And so through that situation, um, I went from um, signing ESC papers um, at three because the program allowed them to sign up at three. And by the time they reached second grade, both my boys actually, by the time they reached second grade, I was signing gifted papers. And I was on the other side of the spectrum, but that situation allowed, like I said, that situation allowed me to find my voice because in order for me to help them, I knew I needed to first educate myself so that I can educate them. And so um, initially, um, you know, before I was a criminal justice major, I decided to change my major to elementary ed to better help my kids. And I grew... Well, I never knew that I had such a passion for teaching until I saw me teaching my own kids. Mm. And so with that being said, it grew my passion to want to teach others. And so through that hardship with my own kids and through that transition, um, I became an educator. I've been an educator for um, this month has made 14 years of me being an educator. And I I, thank you. And I can't see me doing nothing else. Um, I, I'm a teacher at heart. And but that situation with my kids allowed me to find my voice. It allowed me to find my purpose. It uh, allowed me to find my assignment um, that God assigned for me upon the earth. And that was to help educate and to tutor others where man may say it's impossible. You know, I wanted to educate other kids to let them know that it is possible. You found your assignment. There was so much in the middle of this that I want to unpack. But one of the things that I want to point out when you were having this discussion and you talked about how you saw yourself, you know, and how that um, was defined for me and what that said to me was that, you know, your obstacle allow you to truly see yourself for who you are. And when we see ourselves wrong, we'll make decisions, out of the wrong version the wrong vision not the version wrong vision of ourselves so your obstacle allows you to have a clear instead of blurred vision of yourself so that you can make decisions based on how you see yourself anything you see right you do right anything you see wrong you do wrong absolutely (laughs) And the obstacle is that thing that allowed you to see who you really were um, and and all the things that you wanted to do. And that was to support families, because when you're supporting those children and you're tutoring, you're supporting families. So now they don't have to go through what you went through. I know prior to this and we were having a conversation, you, you, you said I just. Read some things in my, in my house, and I changed my house into like a classroom I for did. My, my firstborn son. Yes. And you just say to the teachers, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. Because you didn't have any tools. So that's all you could say is, I'm doing the best I can. Absolutely. And I think, and the one thing that you said is the fact that we make bad decisions because we see ourselves through a different lens. And I think sometimes we have to be able to see our trials. um from a different lens that sometimes our roadblocks are absolutely blessings in our lives. And if we begin to see our trials in a different, through a different lens that, wait a minute, what's the lesson that I'm supposed to get out of this? What am I supposed to be learning out of this? What is God teaching me? You know, what is this area of growth that I'm supposed to get out of this? And I think oftentimes we, we kind of, See, it has a why me? Because that that was me. You know, I was like, why me? Because I went through it twice, not with just my oldest son. I went through it with my youngest son. You know, Mm -hmm. the first time we're like, "Okay, I got it. But when you go through the same thing again, you're like, Lord, I didn't get it. (laughs) But, you know, but it was, you know, but sometimes it's our trials allow us that extra push. Because mm-hmm. I probably want to went back once I got my bachelor's with my first son, I probably want to went back and did my master's. So I had to go through that trial to give me that extra push to get a master's of education and reading, you know. And so sometimes our obstacles are meant to be that area that pushes us to the next level. You know what I mean? So sometimes we do have to see. Um, not only our obstacles, but ourselves through a different lens, so that we can be the best version of ourselves. And and believe it or not, pain pushes you to find your purpose and your passion. And it's a hard thing to 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 believe. It's a hard thing to accept that pain will push you to your purpose and your passion. But when you also said, "I got it twice," and I said. So, Lord, you don't think I learned from the first time? Yeah. But if you had not gotten, had gone through it the second time, you would not have gotten your master's. So so to hone in on that gift and that purpose, sometimes we might go through something that seems like that second and that third time is too much. However, I, I look at, and I think I've said it before in other episodes, how gifts, how gifts are. Gifts are want us to open them up. Gifts wants us to d- explore them. Gifts wants us to use them. That's why it's called calling because you begin to feel so uncomfortable exactly. because, you're, because you're not literally making decisions and doing a life and living a life and loving people and doing relationships and all of that within your calling and your purpose. So sometimes you'll go through it again and again until you open take the bow off and open up that box. Now that don't mean it's going to be a different type of trial, but that trial then becomes null and void because you got it. Shanika. we only had our first question, man, and you just throwing them out there. you just like, it's taking us to another level. But the key about opening up your box is that when you stick your hand in and you begin to dig deeper, what you realize is the other gifts that you have in that's already within you. Because it went from me doing my college degree to now writing books, becoming an author and opening up a tutoring company. Because once you pull off that initial bowl of understanding that, okay, this trial taught me this, you know, and you begin to find your voice and discover your purpose. But then as you begin to dig your hand deep in that box, you begin to discover your other gifts that you didn't even realize that you even had once you start digging a little deeper, even within yourself, right? Because sometimes we have to dig a little bit deeper, you know, within us to kind of realize the other gifts, you know, that are a part of our calling that we haven't even reached down and grabbed yet, you know, because of the fear of the trials that initially happened but us to even unwrap that bowl, And but through that, as you continue to dig a little bit deeper, you, you begin to discover so many other things about you that God has put in you to make an impact in the world. Dig deeper, dig deeper. So you open up the box don't just take that, don't just like look to see what's on top of the paper. You know, when you get a gift and they put that tissue paper, yes. don't just look and see like what's right under that tissue paper. Exactly. Dig deep. You know, I in past years, I know everybody's had this experience where, you know, you get this one gift at the top, but sometimes mm-hmm. a special person would get, give you the best gift that you got to kind of go right deep into that box. Exactly. That special gift, the real gift that they wanted to give you. That's, that's the gift and the blessing of your purpose and your calling. Absolutely. So, so Shanika, we, we know that we go through experiences and we find our voice, right? Yes. So that means that at some point in the middle of those experiences, we probably, not probably, we have had some voiceless experiences. Mm-hmm. So can you share with the When Women Speak audience um, at least one voiceless experience? Ooh, yes. It it would go it was it would go back to honestly my kids actually. Um because I honestly because I didn't have the education I, I did at the time when um Josiah was first diagnosed, um I felt voiceless.
1: Mm. You know,
0: I felt like, you know, when they told me, Okay, mom, he he knows how to do this, but he doesn't know how to do that, I felt like I lost my voice because I felt like well, I'm doing all I know how to do. I'm doing all I can. And I was like, I felt like I lost my voice because it was nothing more that I could say besides, you know, I'm doing all that I can do, you know. But it was doing that situation that made me say, what more can I do? How can I find my voice you know, and so that's when I turned my apartment <laughs> at the time into a classroom. You know, and then I began to realize that you know what I have to. What we just said, I have to dig a little bit deeper. What What can I do? You know, to to find my voice, and you know, and that's what prompted me to actually get back up and to go to college. You know, so it was actually that. Believe it or not, you know, it was that situation that. You know, it made me voiceless, but it helped me to find my voice. It made me voiceless and simultaneously yep. helped yep. me to buy, find my voice. Yep. You know, and that happens when something happens. It happens, we have it happen throughout our lives um in various ways, various reasons, and various um levels in our lives and, and places in our lives where We've been hurt. We, we've gone through something that gun that knocks us down. It knocks us out. And the key to finding that thing on the other side of that thing is to allow yourself to feel it. Because if you don't allow yourself to feel it, then getting back up is going to be heavier. So in order for you to you, you received it, I don't this is what I don't have. And you, there was some sadness. There was some disappointment. All of that, but you, you felt all that and got that. Now, once you got through that, you felt it. You got back up lighter. Absolutely. That allowed you to make a decision. That is you true. You got back up. I did. I did. And I think that's the key. Is the key is not to stay down. You know, because oftentimes when we get knocked down, we feel like we can't get back up. But you, you need something in your life that's going to motivate you to get back up. You know, and sometimes, you know, I know most women may not have something that's going to help them to get back up. But there's a scripture that says that David encouraged himself. And sometimes we have to be our own encouragement. You know, sometimes we have to look in the mirror and say, girl, as Sarah J's had this um, had this sermon that says, girl, get back up, you know, and so I keep that on my mirror on on a post it girl, get back up, you know, and sometimes you have to be able to get back in the ring and not, you know, and fight for your life because you are here for a divine purpose. You are here for a divine reason. And so not just for yourself, not just for your kids, not just for your family, but you are here to make a greater impact on the earth, to be able to touch other women, you know, to be able to touch other families, to make that global and international impact. And so that's why you are here. That's why you're not finished. That's why your assignment is not done is because you are here for a purpose. And sometimes that spirit of discouragement and depression and oppression wants to come on us. And that's because of the fact that he wants you to stay back down. But you gotta have something in there that's gonna be that light, that higher under you that says, girl, get back up. And sometimes with me, I have to look at that poster and say, girl, get back up. You know, and so, you know, and that's that's kind of being my slogan, girl, get back up. Because I know that not just that this fight is not just for me. But it's it's a it's a global and international impact that I have to make not just on my on my children. God just used my children to be a testament, but of the global impact that I have to make on other children and other families. That guess what that. That obstacle that you may be going through with your children that even though they may be spared or have disabilities or, you know, they not even and they don't have to have a disability. They could be just struggling in school, you know, just your general struggles. But at the same time, but understanding that, girl, get back up. That's not the end of the world that you can do it and it not just have to be through that, you know, divorce, um, family, money. Careers, entrepreneurship—I've gone through every. Listen, I'm—I've gone through every area of life, and I can tell you, girl, get back up, (laughs) girl, get back up. (laughs) Yeah, you know. And my favorite saying is, "Let the dead bury the dead." You know, so that dead thing in your life, let it stay dead. But girl, get back up. (laughs) Hey, listen. This was—that's. This was an entire like this right here. This what. It was no more than a good 10 seconds. Might have been a good 30 seconds that Shanika gave us this, but it was a whole word. word. When she talked about um, you're going to have to encourage yourself sometimes when women speak audience. And that's the Mm -hmm. truth that I don't have. Nobody might be true for you right now. Mm -hmm. And you might have to encourage yourself. Use every tool and resource you can to encourage yourself. You know, at one time when I was the, 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 the perfect, people-pleasing, perfectionist, oh, individual. When someone didn't have someone that can encourage me, I always volunteer myself. But, you know, I can't help you if I'm depleted. I really can't if I'm depleted. All I can do is give you some of my surface stuff because I don't have really a whole lot left. Now, though, it's been years since I've been that person. But now, though, when I get that call about I just don't have anybody, how can I actually do anything different when I don't have anybody? I have no challenge saying, let me show you how to encourage yourself. Mm -hmm. So instead of me saying I would do it, let me show you how to encourage yourself. When women speak audience, that's what you say to that individual that you don't have. You weren't you weren't created for them. There are some people that are aware that that's our assignment and some that are not. Yes. But because we are, we understand our calling and our purpose for the people we're assigned to, we have some tools and resources that we can share with those that we're not assigned to. You just can't get it twisted. Because when you say, no matter what I say and do with this person, or for this person, they go back and do the same thing. They're just not assigned to you. Amen. Let them go so they can find who they're assigned to. All right, Shanika, we got to, ooh, ooh, this show, that, right? That's good. I this show was going to be fire. So Shanika, the statement, leaving with your voice, when women speak, talks about finding, talks about leading, and it talks about leaving. Um, mm-hmm. when we talked about finding and leading with your voice. The mm-hmm. statement, leaving with your voice, it can convey all types of various meanings. Mm-hmm. What does the phrase leaving with your voice convey for you? Ooh, you trying, ooh, you're trying to take me way back, Miss King. <laughs> Go way back in the middle and all the way. <laughs> um for for me in in a in a personal testament, that meant knowing my worth. Um that meant for me knowing who knowing who I am you know, most of the times I've I've stayed in uh, relational situations, um, you know, for my kids, for other reasons, knowing that I wasn't happy in situations, you know, knowing that the situation was detrimental to me, my mental state, emotional, you know, and so forth. But for me, I had to realize leaving with my voice was loving myself enough to know that I deserve and understanding my worth, understanding who I am and whose I am, you know? And so um, for me leaving with my voice is leaving any situation, any person, you know, that would drown my voice, Mm. you know? And so, um, and that's, My voice meaning who I am, my purpose, my assignment, um, my life goals, anything that would derail me or delay me from getting to purpose, you know, I needed to leave it. But I needed the power and the strength to do that. But in order for me to have it, I had needed to know who I was, who I am, whose I am and love myself to walk away. There are two points that you shared um, when you answered that question. We talked about relational situations. Mm-hmm. When women speak, audience it comprises of um, women who are entrepreneurs, women who are parallel entrepreneurs, women who are entrepreneurs just—they're just in their career, corporate America, or they teachers. They're, they're comprised of all type of people. So when we talk about relational situations. It's not, it's, it's not, it just doesn't lie with those family relational situations, intimate relational situations. It's also where you choose to share your gift and your calling in the work that you do as an entrepreneur, in the work that you do in corporate America. Does that relational situation, does that, does that value you? Now it's a whole nother show talking about if it doesn't value you, some of the things that you can do to still remain whole while you show up. Because let's be clear, sometimes you cannot leave right away in, in some of those situations. But there is a the way to remain whole while you're still there. So mm-hmm. then you talked about use the word drowning. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so um intentional. And we're talking about boys because an yes. individual that's drowning even when they're trying to call for help mm-hmm. the water the water fills up in their lungs and they can't even the words won't come out exactly. is and it literally drowns their whole voice and in this case you know it drowns everything but when you use the word drowning that visual cuz I'm a visual person yes was, was, was such a, a a visual for me that mm, no matter how much i say help when i'm drowning it, it. It. No one can hear me. Yeah, I think because I know for me, I intentionally use that because of the fact that when when I was in the relationship, marriage, you know, um I felt like I was I was losing my voice and I was drowning. I felt like I was screaming for help, but nobody didn't recognize that I was silently screaming for help. You know what I mean? And so I would. I would try to do or say certain things to let kind of let people know, but nobody kinda like really saw it or got it. And I was screaming, screaming for for that help. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm in this situation and I wanna get out and I don't know how to get out. And I'm I'm drowning, you know, and in plain sight. In plain sight. And nobody was literally hearing. My voice while I was drowning, and I want and and people often say, "Well, why didn't why didn't you say something?" Sometimes it's hard to say something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm trying to say it what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm trying to say it without saying it, you know. But um, I think for me, I just kind of wanted other people to kind of recognize it, so that I kind of felt free to say something. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I was I was drowning. Yeah, I was drowning, and, and and you know, and my voice was drowning with it until you weren't. Yeah, and I'm sure it was that one action that gave you some release. And once you feel a little bit of release, once you you know you remember your muscles, remember your mind, remember, and your heart remembers that you have enough strength to um to say help. If you if you you have enough strength to remember that you know how to swim, you have, yes. you have enough strength. Once that little, and it's just a little more so, it's nothing big, but once you're able to to realize that, see that and do that, then it leads you for that next step and that next step until you've made a decision to even say to that individual that I'm hurt. And that yes. allows that relationship to, to begin to heal or I'm hurt and you make a bit, the decision too, um, walk away from whatever that relationship is, one of the two. Absolutely. You know, and and sometimes sometimes it's all sometimes it's set up to where it's not for you to tell everybody. Yeah. And sometimes we go and we tell everybody. You know what I mean? And so for me, I, I wanted to say something. I felt like I did, but mine came through, I went to visit. Um I, I I went to visit a church and so um and the preacher was preaching and actually what made me find it was he said something so powerful in that sermon and he said light and darkness cannot live in the same house and for me it was like my aha moment like yeah. that that that's your answer And believe it or not, it was as if I found my voice through that actual sermon. And I was like, okay, there, that's my answer. That was my answer. And when he said, "Light and darkness cannot dwell in the same house," I was like, whoa. And I was like, that's it. And that that was my answer. It, you know. Mm. So for me, it was like okay. I guess for my situation, it wasn't meant for me to kind of like tell everybody. It was like I needed to build up the muscle and the strength to kind of really handle that situation uh-huh. um, privately, you know, and, you know, for the, actually, for you know, because I had, you know, I had my two kids and so forth. So to kind of handle that situation privately and deal with it. And um, but I kind of knew I needed the strength even on my own, because I was kind of so used to, you know, depending on people and being, you know, very codependent, you know, okay? mm. you know and asking other people's opinion most of the time, mm. you know, and I, okay, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? You know, and sometimes I kind of just needed a direct word from God as far mm-hmm. as what, you know, and it was like, part of me wanted to say something, but it was like, Ah, uh, because if I if I say what do you think, then it's gonna lead me this way. If I ask somebody else, it's gonna lead me this way. So we're so I kind of at first I was just anticipating somebody picking up on it, but nobody did. But my like I said, my answer came through a service, yeah. You know? Um, and I was like, okay, that that was that was my answer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not for us to always lean and depend on everybody else you know so now I've learned to make my circle very very small meaning Mm -hmm. that the people that's in my circle it's very words of wisdom you know I now you know very wise counsel you know people that's gone through some things and been through some things that's not you know going to lead me in the kind of the wrong direction but um that's going to give me wisdom in that, in that area, in that di- direction. I think I have a, I think I have a, a friend that kind of goes with every situation, you know what I mean? And, and so it kind of helps me, you know, to a learn how to deal with stuff myself, you know, and to learn how to, you know, trust to, to learn how to trust my own voice. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Because sometimes we, we depend on the voice of others a lot, you know what I'm saying? And, and I had to learn how to have that healthy voice balance, to learn how to trust my voice, the voice of God's as well, but then also know when to include my friends and my family in situations and having that complete balance. But with that situation, I kind of needed to be in a place where I made that decision that was best for me and hearing the voice of other people that I know that at the end of the day, that was, that was a decision that I made and I'm glad it happened that way because now I know that that was the best decision I made in my life because sometimes the best decision is to walk away. (laughs) Yep. But you, you, you also said, um, before we, um, get to the, to the end of the, of our podcast, of our conversation, you said you also learned how to manage your personality of being codependent. Yeah. And so even the even your circle and all of that now, there's so much in the middle of that that you learn. Um yeah. and so when we talked about all the things, talked about drowning in plain sight, and you talked about, you know, I knew I was so codependent and I knew what I would do. And that's self-awareness, Shanika, to yeah. know that. If I ask people, I know exactly what I'm going to do from that. So I'm not going to do that because if I really want to answer, then if I really want the answer, then I'm going to wait. But if I want someone to just feel sorry for me, then I'm going to them. I'm gonna okay. talk about it. So to be so self-aware to know you couldn't even share it because of how you are, not how they are, but how you are, that right there is a is a relational key itself. Don't miss that when women speak audience. That's a relational key. Sometimes it's not what they're going to do, which is why you don't share it. Sometimes it's what you're going to do, do. and how exactly. you're going to respond to it. Shanika, I love our conversation has been so meaty. There's so much depth that we had in this episode of When Women Speak. Um, and we're going to try to close out, but I'd like for you to share, how would our audience reach you? That person who wants your services or they just have some questions from you, something something about what you said kind of hit that soft spot to them and they want to reach out to you. How do they reach out to you, Shanika? So you can find me on Facebook under my name, Shanika Brown. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm also on Instagram and my handle is Dear Brown Girl, the number seven. Um, or you can, my other IG handle for the, um, the books is um, at Books of Knowledge LLC on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter um, at Dear Brown Girl seven and um, the Promise Academy. I think I'm on every social media platform Um, uh, or you could uh, go to our website. We are at www.thepromiseacademy.com. Shadiga, thank you so much for joining us on the When Women Speak podcast and web series. This show, When Women Speak podcast and web series is sponsored by Life of Power and the brand. What if she knew she was powerful? Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the When Women Speak podcast. Now on the live podcast network.